Hey guys, and welcome to the Lift Fitness Podcast. So this is week three, episode three. Uh, sorry this is a little bit late. We did say we we're going to have Mountain on Monday. However, we've been a little bit delayed. I've been away. I've been to Tenerife for a week. Um, and we've had a lot of stuff on. So we are catching up. This session, this episode is going to be different. Uh, so basically what we're going to be doing, Aaron is going to, because my birthday on Monday, Monday gone, I was... 38 and I do my burpees anybody wondering because that's kind of one of the rules that we have at lift you have to do one burpee for every day that you were born I had to do 38 which was interesting but I've done them and I did video them so if you haven't seen them they're on Facebook just for evidence uh, yeah so basically Aaron is going to interview me uh, so he's gonna he's got a few questions lined up that he wants that is, that is kind of pre-planned. Uh, so we're going to go through them. And I'm going to leave you up to Aaron now. So Aaron's going to take a lead. And over you, Aaron. All right. So first question would be, how did you get into the fitness industry to start with? So how did I get into the fitness industry? So basically, I started off, to give you a little bit of backstory. Um, when I was younger, I was very, very, very body conscious. Even the fact when I was at junior school, that's how kind of far it went back. I remember sitting at junior school thinking I was really, really skinny um, and I hated it. So as I kind of got on a little bit, obviously being a guy, lifting weights, you think you're going to get huge. So it gives you a bit of confidence, get a bit of muscle. So I started when I was about 13, 14, starting to kind of lift weights or had a multi-gym in my bedroom um, and it worked. Kind of done my own programs, which looking back, probably quite horrendous <laughs> but uh should try and find them and then upload them in the group it'd be interesting we'll get people to do them yeah we'll get people like. to do them that'd be quite interesting but I remember actually writing these programs and thinking they were absolutely the bee's knees and to be fair I mean we were alright worked put a little bit of muscle on gained a little bit of confidence uh, but the biggest thing for me was always the nutrition I would buy books and the first thing I would do is I would look at the back and try to get the meal plan from the book. Because um, I thought that was always the solution. Always knowing food as being the most important part. Yes, exercise is important, but always knowing that the food was a big side of it, especially if you want to lose body fat. As I kind of got older, I found that I had quite skinny arms and legs, but quite pudgy belly, which also known as kind of skinny fat, if you've heard that term, and it made us really paralyzed. So it was always a case of, I want to build muscle, but I want to lose fat. I was very confused to how to do that. Um, so this kind of took us to, I'd done my qualification, I'd done my, well, I was always into training, and then when I was about 19 or 20, I went and done my PT qualification, uh, just didn't because I thought it would be, I was interested in training, so I thought it would be a good way, I was interested in it, so I just thought interested in the qualification doing it itself, not necessarily doing it as a job, uh, but then as I kind of got into it, I thought actually it would be a good job, but I didn't have the confidence to be a PT, so... I kind of put it on the back burner and then just spent the next five or six years just wasting my life away, really. Um, and then eventually, when I got to 26, I gained the balls to leave work and I went to university. So I quit my job, sold my house and went to university for four years. Well, year college, three years at university. Um, my idea was to be a PA teacher no idea why I just I loved sport loved the idea of training and I thought PE teaching would be a good way of doing that 
therefore I could try to educate kids for the lack of education I had so I could pass that on to kids uh, I thought that would be a good way of doing it um, and then I didn't really like it I didn't like the PT uh, sorry I didn't like the schools I went to a couple of schools and I didn't I didn't dislike it but I didn't get anything from it I didn't feel a buzz from it uh, but when I was at university I was using my PT qualification I was training clients and I actually really liked this I enjoyed it and the first client I had was a young lad um, he, was, he was 15 at the time and he was doing go-kart racing and he actually went up quite he, he progressed quite well he was at last time well, I don't train him now but last time he was he was, he was in the supercars mm-hmm. um, he went to Formula 4 and then I think he was up to Formula 3 so he was actually quite high level uh, but he was actually my very very first client and it was all sport performance, so it was all related around sport. And I must have spent hours and hours just doing my first program, trying to get just the, the best program that he'd ever seen, or not he'd ever seen, but the best results with him. And I spent hours doing his program and absolutely loved it because it was kind of interlinked with everything I was doing at university. Uh, and this kind of led us into being a PT. Fair enough. So, um, moving nicely on to that. How has the fitness industry changed since you've started out? So since you had your first client and stuff, how has the fitness industry sort of evolved, evolved from then? Um, I think from, it's evolved, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge now. When I first got into it, it was very much, it was, it was, there was some good trainers, but I think there was not a lot of information around, mm-hmm. or there was, but it was very skewed. There wasn't a lot of science. Now, I mean, there's a ton of science. I mean, you know, you go online, you've got people like Martin McDonald, uh, Leon Norton, Brett Contreras, you know, just to name a few, people who are hugely, hugely into the science side of things. And because these guys are so much into the science, they pass a lot onto the likes of us who's in the industry, we can then go and do our own research. Probably 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't that, or maybe there was, but it was just really difficult to come by. There wasn't a lot of scientific research. Now there's a lot. There's just so much information out there. PTs are now educators. When I first got into it, PT, was, it was a bit of a kind of Mickey Mouse job, um, and people just thought it was, you know, I like training, so I'll get into it. And they were basically glorified rep counters, and that's kind of people's perception of a personal trainer. Now it is completely different. Personal trainers are educators. You know, a good personal trainer will educate their clients, will educate everybody else. Anybody who comes into contact with them, they will educate. So they're actually educators now. And a lot of them are really, really smart. Um, and it's now an accepted profession. Again, years ago, it was just kind of a Mickey Mouse qualification. <laughs> You're a personal trainer. Um, you know, you wear tight vests and short shorts. And now it's kind of, you know, it, it is, it's respected a lot by other professionals. So people, so doctors, nurses, um, you know, people are really respecting good personal trainers coming through, and it's absolutely awesome to see. Right, nice. So, another question that I have is, how have you changed in the fitness industry since you started out? Well, I've changed a lot. I would say I've changed a lot. Um, what put us off at the very start, and this is one of the reasons why I didn't have a lot of confidence when I first went into it, or why I put it off, because when I first started this, it was the, the providers, where I'd done my first qualification, the provider who I'd done it through, they made everything so freaking complicated. Like, to the point where I just thought, I didn't actually know what I was doing. I didn't finish my qualification with the confidence in what I was doing. I actually finished it more confusing when I started, 
when I was going back to 15 year old, when I was first writing my programs, it was easy. It was just so easy because it was just, I wrote programs and that was it and it was really good. And I'd done, and, and, and I made it fun. Once I got, when I went and done the qualification, just made it really complicated. Uh, there was a ton of paperwork. It was just ridiculous amounts of kind of things that you had to do. Everything was really confusing. They didn't really give you straight answers. And it was just, it was just crap. I mean, one of the things that they said is that women shouldn't, should always work in the endurance side of things. And if, you, if you're not quite sure what endurance side of things, when I first come, first come through my personal training qualification, basically the set rep ranges. So it was between one and six was strength. Yeah. Between eight and 12 was uh, muscle building, I think they called it. And then between 15 and 20 plus was endurance. This is how they kind of educated us. And what they were saying is women shouldn't spend too long doing eight to 12 or the one to six because they'll get really bulky and big. Women should stay in the 15 plus range and you know lift little weights and burn lots of calories by doing high rep stuff. What a load of shit. Actually, what a load of shit that is. Um, and we all know that now, which is good. And again, this is why it was just so confusing at the time uh, because of rubbish information like that. But um so when i first got into it the industry i loved doing the snc i loved it was kind of so snc strength and conditioning um and this is what i was into i was more into the performance side of things again going back to uh the young lad who i was training at the time it was all sport performance so a lot of the clients that i had at the very beginning were sport performance related um, and I'd done all my UK, UK SCA modules, which is uh, UK strength and conditioning, uh, and me British weightlifting, so this is like the Olympic lifting side of things. So I was more on the training side of things because I loved that side of it. Um, and then as I kind of went on a little bit, I started, well, actually when I'd done all these things, I was, I was training a lot of athletes. So I was training a lot of amateur and semi-pro athletes, so footballers, swimmers, fighters, rugby, motocross, uh, and these are all the kind, this is the side of it that was in. But as I kind of developed, um, I started going into training more women and started approaching more the fat loss side of things. Uh, and I kind of really enjoyed that side of it, uh, actually more so than the performance side of it. So then I kind of done the transition of moving over to more of the lifestyle and performance. And that's kind of, how that industry's changed. Mm. So one thing that I want to touch on was sort of, um, so what struggles have you had both in your personal life and your business throughout the years that you spent on this planet? So we'll go with the business one first. So what struggles have you had in your business since you started it? Uh, I think the biggest part of the struggles um, and this kind of, you can ask, you know, Ask any personal trainer, anybody in the industry who's been in it for a while, generally the, the lifespan of a PT is about two years because it's, it's, it's really, really tough. One or two things happens. The first thing is to do it because they love training themselves. They actually find out it's a lot harder than just being having a love for training. There's a lot of work goes into it, so they get bored and they move on. The other side of it is they can't make it in the industry because they may be really, really good personal trainers, but they kind of the market's saturated by people selling bogus meal plans and training plans and as a good personal trainer 
you're trying to build your reputation and educate people and this takes a long 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 time when i first got into it my side of it was always trying to teach people you know going back to the training side of things i wanted to teach people how to do things properly uh and then come to the nutrition side of it again i want to teach people how to do things properly i don't want to give them a meal plan i don't want to just give them a training plan and set them away i want them to do things properly but this takes a long long time it takes a lot of perseverance takes a lot of hours and it's it's really really tough um and you're competing with kind of charlatans in the industry and that's hard because they what they do is they get the client straight off because they're selling like a meal plan which they'll charge for it or they'll sell a training plan which they just get off the internet it's a cookie cutter program which they charge for it and they end up making a lot of money but it takes the likes of likes of myself who wants to educate people it takes a long time to ingrain that into the outside world and that was probably one of the biggest things that i've struggled with the other side of it was and i'll come back to the gym now was opening a gym thinking it was easy honestly that was a, one of the biggest mistakes i ever made not opening the gym because obviously i love the gym um but going in and going in with it with the wrong mindset you know my idea when i opened the gym was okay i'll open the gym have equipment in it and you know, loads of people can come in and train and i'll train clients and it'll be all kind of rosy um and it's not that simple there's a lot of things to consider which i hadn't considered at the time and that was really tough um you know stressful on me my family finances everything like that we've been through a lot made a lot of sacrifices and yeah underestimating i think and if there was any advice i could give anyone on business it's to start off slow you know learn your craft is the biggest thing that i could say to any personal trainer so you know if any personal trainers kind of listen now learn your craft don't jump into something um just get good at what you're doing get your reputation up and build your knowledge base and build your client base and just help people and that's kind of yeah all right so we'll move on to struggles that you've had in your personal life so personal life biggest thing is confidence and i think this is kind of why why i've transitioned a lot with my personal training again it was all about the training side of things but now it's a lot deeper than that um i go into a lot of mindset confidence with what i teach and what i do and what i do with my clients because it's something i've really struggled with uh as a kid probably didn't recognize it at the time but as you kind of get older i suppose when you when you realize or you actually sit down and reflect you kind of do realize you do lack a lot of confidence um and this is something i've always struggled with so something i've always worked well started to work on kind of developing uh and when i first got in the industry it was probably imposter syndrome and if you don't know what that is it's basically it's a feeling of not belonging amongst the people that you're with it's probably a good way of mentioning it um imposing in somebody else's territory you know from my side of it it was kind of i never thought i was good enough to be a personal trainer i always thought everybody was diff everybody was better than i was um you know i wasn't clever enough i wasn't educated enough so i read more books i watched more videos um but then it, it doesn't really come to that it comes down to the fact is can you help people and it doesn't matter how clever you are or what you know it's can you help people you know you might have hardly you may just have baseline knowledge but if you can help someone change their life then that's all you need you can build up on your knowledge and i think for a lot of people 
you know, not just in personal training scene, but I think in life, a lot of people struggle with imposter syndrome. They think that they don't belong somewhere. They think they're not good enough. You know, a lot, maybe, I mean, Aaron, you've kind of, you've had that a little bit yourself, haven't you? Yeah, so like sort of uh, expert empires. So one of the events that I went to, so Nick James, the host, um, he sort of asked a question to the crowd. He was sort of like, oh, everyone put their hands up to make over 50 grand a year or something from their business. Like the majority of the room, hands went straight up in the air. I sort of sat there with my sort of arms folded, sort of like, a bit, I don't know, I sort of felt a bit weird. And then he went, oh, hands up, put your hands in the air if you're making six figures a year with your business. And still, like, at least half of the room put their hands up. And then he went on to say seven figures, and then about a quarter of the room put their hands up. And then I was sort of sat there, knowing, because at the moment I don't have a business or anything, and I'm nowhere near making 50 grand a year from something. And I just sort of felt like, in my head I was sort of processing, going like, oh, like, why am I here? What, who do I think I am to be in this room with all these people who are making this much money? And I'm just sat here, sort of just just here like I don't know it just didn't feel sort of right to, for me to be there but it was only until I went the second time when I sort of I don't know I sort of calmed down a lot more and everything just seemed because all of these people I didn't sort of think about that at the time but all of these people have about like 30 40 years on top of me so they've had time to sort of build something but I think from my side you just kind of nailed that in the head there by saying these guys have got you know 30 40 years experience on top of you you're actually in a better position yeah because you have you know like again going back to personal training the industry's developed a lot so any personal training again now there's just so much out there you know if you get this is why like mentorship and uh things like coaching and mentorship are so good and they're so powerful because these weren't, although they were around a long time ago, they're not as prominent as you are now. So, like for Aaron's side of things, you know, you kind of, I know you've struggled a lot with your age and thinking he's too young. Uh, people won't listen to him uh, because he's just young, but he's at that stage where he could be like a sponge, he can take everything in, he can make mistakes, and he won't get at all. I wouldn't say scrutinized for it, because that's probably the wrong word, but I suppose as you get older, you know, you think you should make less mistakes. Mm. Like, if Aaron's got, he's young. But you can learn so much so that's your that's your advantage really yeah i think at one point sort of i thought my age was sort of a um like a barrier barrier to participation whereas like when i'm at these events and i sort of talk to people they think it's amazing that i'm 17 and stuff and they're like oh i wish i i wish i knew about this stuff when i was your age and like i don't know sort of from that and the amount of people who sort of spoke about it to me sort of being like oh like you're doing great to be here at your age even just being here it's like an amazing sort of feed, feature even. Um, and that sort of flipped it a bit. So now I've stopped seeing age as sort of like a barrier, whereas like I see it as a sort of a motivator now. So where like I want to just try and do as much as I can, as like on the biggest of scale as I sort of can like, at the moment for my age, in a weird way. So I've sort of seen it as like something just to go, go yeah, for. Yeah, so you've, you've identified that barrier and made it a strength. So your weakness, what you thought, was actually is one of your strengths. I think this is great to kind of identify. A lot of people could probably do that. And, you know, having a look at seeing what, what you maybe perceive as a barrier actually could become the opposite yeah. to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, say it's 17-year-old. I mean, you know, going down to places where the guys <laughs> are 30, 40 in the industry making seven figures, it's, it's going to be quite intimidating. Yeah. But uh, fair play. Fair play. So... Uh, yeah, so I think just that other one last thing that from personal side of things that 
I think that you know I kind of struggled with for a long, long time. It's direction, uh, not knowing where I wanted to go with things. Again, going back to you know I was twenty six before I actually went to university. Spent four years at university and still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, but this is okay. This is fine because as long as you kind of keep working on that. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made, I would say, is being stuck somewhere for too long. I was stuck in a factory for nine years. I hated every minute of it. Started when I was 17, and from the day I started, I remember hating it. Actually hating it the very, very first day, and I stuck it out for nine years. That is worse than having no direction, because at least if you have no direction, you can just do anything you want. Practice stuff, do stuff, you know, move around, go to different places, experience, and then you'll, eventually you'll find your direction. Uh, so, yeah. Right, nice. So the last question that I want to ask is, where do you want to go? Sort of, what are your ambitions, dreams? What's what? What does the future look like? Honestly, Hopefully. I just want to help people. I just whatever capacity that's in. Um, you know, at the minute it's in personal training. I love helping people gain confidence, changing the bodies, changing the mindset, that side of it, and I just love that helping people. And wherever that goes, I just got no idea. I really don't have any idea where eventually it's going to go. Again, probably, I wouldn't say lack of direction. It's just, at the minute, I love doing what I do. Mm. Um, I love helping people in the gym, getting fitter, stronger, uh, changing the life. Maybe it's in development or something different, but as for now, yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of Good there. answer. Good answer. Alright, well, that's all the questions and we're just a bit over our time. Yeah, so 22 minutes, not too bad. Not too I bad. I need to up it to about 20 to 25, to be fair. Uh-huh. I think we need to up the limit to 20 to 25. Rather 20 than... to 25. Well, if we get lots of content in there, then maybe we could. Fair enough. Um, Anything you want to mention before we... Uh... No, just thank you, everybody who's listened to it. I really appreciate the feedback we're getting so far. Um, you know anytime just drop us a message if you want us to cover something again i say this all the time but we do the more you can give us the more we can offer um so thank you for listening if you want to join our free facebook group it's in the show notes it's called lift coffee stop uh and we do use this to promote a lot of content we put a lot of content up in there Uh, i'm actually doing a seminar uh, sorry i'm doing a webinar later tonight on goal setting um, I think maybe by the time you've listened, this is probably already gone. But we'll be doing more things like this. So if you join the group, you'll find out everything that we're doing. Uh, and again, just thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. And we'll uh, catch up with you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Next time, actually, will we'll be after Christmas. So happy Christmas. Have a good Christmas, everyone. And we'll see you after then. <laughs>